0: We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Sharon Gregson. The importance of high-quality, affordable, accessible public childcare has been sharply illustrated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Men and women initially lost their jobs in roughly equal numbers, but women are returning to paid work at much slower rates, and women's labor force participation is lower than it has been since the 1980s. Some of this has to do with gendered differences in employment in different industries and how fast those industries are rehiring people, but it also has to do with the pandemic-related increase in the amount of unpaid care work that needs to be done, and the fact that women in Canada end up doing almost twice as much unpaid care work as men. Notwithstanding the fact that the refusal by many men to do their share must be addressed, this also points to how crucial our public childcare system is. The inadequacy of that system is, of course, not a new problem. The Royal Commission on the Status of Women recommended creating a national public childcare system in 1970, and feminists have been pushing for such a system in the decades since. Changes in the Canadian economy and Canadian families, and growing evidence of the importance of childcare for gender equity, economic growth, and child development have made things even more urgent. Political parties have made relevant promises over the years, but almost none have been kept. The details are complicated and varied, but most provinces have seen cuts, privatization, and deregulation, which have been accompanied by long waitlists and skyrocketing fees. The only jurisdiction in the country to deliver affordable universal childcare has been Quebec, starting in 1996. Sharon Gregson works with the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC and is the provincial spokesperson for British Columbia's $10 a day daycare campaign. The group got its start as the BC Daycare Action Coalition in 1982 and has been fighting for a comprehensive, accessible, affordable non profit childcare system ever since. In 2010, the Coalition and the Early Childhood Educators of BC got together to create an evidence-based community plan for what a high-quality, affordable public childcare system could look like, which they further refined based on consultation with other groups. They called it the $10 a day plan, and the next year, they launched the campaign to push the provincial government to adopt it. As the name suggests, affordability for parents is a central plank of the plan, no more than $10 per day for full-time childcare. It also seeks better pay for the people who work in childcare, and it calls for extensive new capital funding to create the physical infrastructure for new childcare spaces. Specifically, it calls for this money to be rolled out through local public sector bodies, like municipalities, schools, and hospitals. When asked about the emphasis on building a public system, Gregson pointed to, quote, 50 years of market failure, end quote, in attempting to meet needs through the private sector, given the prevalence of excessive fees, low wages, and insufficient spaces. The campaign started from the strength of the coalition's long track record and its solid partnerships with other movement and community organizations. Through a mix of lobbying, media work, events, and online tools, in a few years, no public discussion of childcare in BC could take place without including mention of the plans. It amassed endorsements not only from the allies you would expect, but from chambers of commerce, dozens of municipal governments and school districts, credit unions, indigenous organizations, medical officers of health, and lots more. This shaped the childcare conversation during the 2017 election in BC, and the resulting NDP-Green coalition promised to make sweeping changes. The $10 a day campaign has been very encouraged by many of the changes made by the new government, while at the same time recognizing important differences between the government's plan and the one developed by the community. For instance, the government is putting public money into building privately held infrastructure, and is not doing enough, the campaign says, to make affordable spaces broadly available and accessible. The campaign is currently active in pressuring the province in numerous ways newspaper ads, email campaigns, social media, hard copy letter campaigns, at times even stroller brigade demonstrations in cities across the province. I speak with Gregson about the importance of high quality, affordable, accessible public childcare, and about the work of the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC and its $10 a day campaign.
1: My name is Sharon Gregson. I live in East Vancouver in British Columbia, and I am the provincial spokesperson for the $10 a day childcare campaign. I work with the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC. I am a longtime childcare advocate in our province, and I'm a former Vancouver School Board trustee. I've been in the childcare sector for several decades, and I'm the mother of four. I was a single parent of two very young children in the late 80s and wanted to go back to university. I enrolled at a campus that I knew had on site childcare. And so when the semester started, I showed up with my two very darling little boys, expecting to be able to go to class and have my children in the high quality early care and learning setting. I was amazed to discover that not only were there no spaces and a waiting list of years long, but also even if I could access two toddler childcare spaces, there's no way I would have been able to afford them. And so I quickly became a child care advocate when I realized that my experience was not unique, that this was a gaping hole of public policy in our province and in fact across our country. And I've been involved ever since. The coalition started before my time. It started about 40 years ago, and the same thing from some women with lived experience who were not able to secure childcare for their own young children when they wanted and needed to participate in the workforce. Those women have stayed involved, and many others have joined them over the years. And so the membership of the Coalition of Childcare Advocates now is made up of individuals, some who have children some who don't some who have grandchildren some who are just british columbians who care about the future of our province some are businesses some are labor unions some are childcare organizations all of whom know that childcare is integral to healthy communities healthy families healthy society
0: You've already talked about this a bit, but lay out for listeners why an affordable, accessible, high quality childcare system is so crucial.
1: Childcare is central to so much. We're hearing at this point in time how crucial access to affordable childcare is for our economy in order for parents, particularly women, to participate in the labor force so that they're earning money and paying taxes and spending money in their local economy. But childcare is so much more than that. And over the decades, the focus of childcare has changed. So it's not only about women's labor force participation, it's also about children's rights and children's healthy development. It's about Indigenous rights and Indigenous led childcare. It's about brain development. It's about socialization for young children. It's about really ensuring that children are ready to be successful when they start school. It's about gender equity. It touches so much of our lives. And even for your listeners who don't have children, absolutely and for sure, they depend on people who do have children and who need childcare. There's a very funny tongue-in-cheek video about a place called Humboldt City that all of a sudden has no childcare for one day. And the nurses can't go to work because they don't have childcare. Stores can't open because the people who work in them don't have childcare. And so a lot of society doesn't function if people in key roles don't have access to childcare so they can go to work. And so the workforce behind the workforce is early childhood educators and childcare is really an invisible underpinning of what makes people able to go to work every day.
0: Some of those ideas are probably things that lots of people are familiar with, but probably others not so much. How, for example, does childcare connect with children's rights or with Indigenous rights?
1: The UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples talks about the right to have kinds of childcare services that are culturally sensitive, culturally specific... In our campaign, the $10 a day childcare campaign in BC, we don't presume that the mainstream plan that we're putting forward is going to be the perfect fit for First Nations. And so we listen to and respect the Indigenous-led voices, Indigenous-led childcare that speaks to the services that would work best for First Nations. And over the years, there's been far more focus than there was originally when childcare first gained some political footing in 1970. A lot more understanding now of the rights of children. And so, again, in the $10 a day childcare campaign, we call for new legislation that speaks to the rights of children to access quality services that are developmentally appropriate and the rights of families to access affordable care. And so the rights language has really grown over the decades and is now integral to the plan that we've put forward.
0: We're going to focus today on the $10 a day campaign, but before we do, give listeners a sense of the kinds of things that the coalition of childcare advocates got up to in earlier years.
1: There's been a sea change in the way the public views childcare as over the years the very nature of families has changed according to stats canada there are now far fewer families that are made up of a mom who stays at home with the children and a dad who goes out to work it's much more likely now for there to be two parents in the workforce or there to be single parent led families the coalition has always been the political voice of childcare advocacy in our province and our actions and our work have always been to lift up high-quality, affordable childcare as a public benefit for a system that pays educators well for the important work of providing early childhood education that is accessible to diverse families, meeting the needs in rural and remote small communities, as well as urban and suburban communities, meeting the needs for childcare of families who work part-time or split shifts or have precarious work. And so really focusing on the public policy change that's needed to ensure that there is a system where public dollars are spent to build a public good and build a system that is long-lasting and not dependent on the market for delivery of what should be a public service.
0: What are the origins of the $10 a day campaign?
1: Over the decades, the Coalition of Childcare Advocates of BC has worked with a group called the Early Childhood Educators of BC. That's the organization that represents the professionals who work in the childcare sector. In 2010, the two organizations came together and decided that rather than just reacting to whatever government was doing or not doing around childcare, we would work to put forward a plan that was based on evidence and best practice and research from around the world on what a high-quality, affordable public childcare system could look like. We had some funding from the United Way and we did that work. The two organizations came together and we put forward a briefing note in late 2010 that we took across the province to ask people what they thought. In that briefing note, we put forward some ideas and we said to people, if you don't like these ideas, suggest to us something better because the status quo was not acceptable. And while there were some tweaks to our ideas in that original briefing note, the fundamentals remained consistent. In 2011, we launched what was called the Community Plan for a Public System of Integrated Early Care and Learning. And very quickly, we realized that's a very long name that not many people are going to use. And so our plan became branded the $10 a day plan. And that's because parents would pay no more than $10 a day for a full day of childcare. But it's important to note, and we regularly point out, that the branding of 10 a day doesn't mean that the plan is just about parent affordability. It's actually about public policy change in childcare.
0: What are some of the other key planks of the $10 a day plan beyond affordability?
1: The affordability for families is often front and center, and certainly in our province, media and families typically don't talk about childcare without talking about Canada. It is very much part of the discussion here. But it's about more than affordability. It's also about investing in the educators who work in childcare programs, whether it's licensed family childcare, licensed group childcare, or licensed multi-age childcare and about investing in those educators so that they have good levels of education and decent levels of pay. And we've recently released a wage grid that is ready to be implemented across the province. It's a competitive wage grid that we're suggesting government use. The 10-a-day plan is also about accessibility because it's no use having affordable childcare and quality childcare if only 20% of families can access it, which is currently the case. So the 10-a-day plan calls for an expansion of licensed childcare spaces, and we call for that capital funding to be directed to public bodies like school districts and municipalities and regional districts and hospitals so that childcare is built with public dollars on public land as a public asset and not using capital dollars to grow private assets. We call for that expansion of childcare to happen quickly to meet demand because there are far too many children right now in the unlicensed sector. And we suggest that government could do a mass purchase of modular buildings, quality modular buildings, and distribute those across the province so that new spaces could be created very quickly. The Kennedy Plan, as I mentioned, also respects the need for Indigenous led childcare services on and off reserve. And also new legislation, as I mentioned, around rights that speak to the rights of young children and the rights of families. And so it really is a very well-developed plan that speaks to building from what currently exists to get to the kind of childcare system that British Columbia families and, frankly, our economy needs to have.
0: Why does the campaign insist on it being a public service?
1: Well, I think we've got... 50 years of market failure to point to, to answer that question. Childcare has existed only in the market forever. And that's how we ended up in the mess that we're in now. So fees are too high for most families to easily afford or afford at all. Wages for early childhood educators are not even a living wage across our province and across most of the country. And there's only enough licensed childcare spaces for about 20% of children. We would never tolerate that situation for eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds who needed to go to elementary school. We don't tolerate that lack of provision in health care. And so childcare, as the nature of families has changed, the needs have grown, and it's a service that is best delivered as a public service. So we need to include privately owned services, the for-profit operators, because they started their operations at a time when that was the only option that was available in many cases. But we need to use our public dollars going forward in a way to grow the public system. We need to build from what currently exists. We need to retain all the spaces that we have now, as we need them all, but we need to grow the system in a different way than has currently existed, just depending on the market to provide childcare because it simply hasn't happened. We don't give public dollars to build Privately owned elementary schools, and neither should we do that for childcare.
0: You mentioned that the plan was originally developed in conjunction with the group representing early childhood educators in BC. Beyond improving the very low wages in the sector, what other kinds of changes to the system are ECEs looking for?
1: Well, you're quite right. Wages is the number one issue. That is, first and foremost, problematic around recruitment and retention. There are very high expectations for the quality of work that early childhood educators provide. And as we know more and more about brain development and about healthy child development, there is more and more onus on early childhood educators to be excellent at their work. It is so much more than babysitting that people might once have presumed. And so as our expectations grow and the credentials increase for early childhood educators and more and more now people are working towards getting a bachelor of early childhood education, the wages must increase. The respect must increase. And along with that, for people who work in the family child care sector, often they have very little access to relief workers or casual staff so that they can go to medical appointments or go on vacation. There's a very slim pool of casual staff available. There's inconsistent benefits across the province. And so by having a competitive province-wide wage grid, we can start to think about how to standardize wages and start to think about not needing to have exemptions for people with fewer qualifications working in our programs. People who are fully qualified will be pleased to work in the sector because they receive the respect and the remuneration that they should.
0: What kind of work did the campaign do to go from the starting point of having this plan to the point that you mentioned of it being something that's automatically part of the discussion in BC?
1: The Coalition of Childcare Advocates, as I mentioned, has been around for 40 years. And so over those years, we had established our credibility and our reputation as an evidence-based, research-oriented organization that was putting forward well-thought-out policies for government's consideration. And rather than our allied organizations needing to come up with their own child care positions, they knew that they could turn to us for child care analysis, for child care recommendations. And so we were able to share our initial good idea of our plan with our allies. And it was clear that the childcare situation in our province was so bad that people were looking for a solution. And there was recognition that this was a viable solution. This was the culmination of research and evidence and lived experience that was the answer. So as more and more people started to endorse the plan and support the plan, then non-traditional allies also came to the table and said, yes, this looks like a viable solution. People might be surprised to learn that there are chambers of commerce who are on our list of supporters. There are 64 municipal and regional governments from all quadrants of our province. There are 34 school districts from around the province. There are credit unions who are on our list of supporters, medical health officers, Indigenous organizations, academics, politicians, a very, very, very long list. We were a significant election issue in 2017 when our current provincial government was elected, and we continue to make sure that this campaign is front and centre for the public.
0: Given this breadth of support, where have you faced opposition to the $10 a day plan?
1: Used to be opposition, and now it's really just a question, a question we're able to answer. People would say, well, it's a great plan, but how can we afford it? And we're able now, because there have been multiple economic analyses, to point out the short, medium, and long-term return on investment for government for making sure childcare is available and affordable. And how more parents participating in the workforce creates more revenue for government and more single parents who are able to move off social assistance and into work. And so we're able to answer that question now. In our province, we have an opposition who have stated that there's already 24-hour childcare available for families, and it's called MUM. And so in a limited way, there are still some people who will say that women should be at home with children full stop. That argument is much less than it has been in the past, though.
0: So, after the new government was elected in 2017 in BC, was there some sort of final push from your coalition that tipped them over the edge to introducing their childcare plan the next year?
1: Our push has never stopped and continues to this day, and we won't stop until the $10 a day plan is fully implemented. We're just now in year 3 of what we always knew would be a 10-year implementation plan because the childcare chaos in our province was so severe that no government could have fixed it overnight. It was not even a matter just of the money, it's a matter of actually building a system and having educators and, you know, creating physical programs for children to attend. So we always knew it was a multi-year commitment. We know that people voted for the current government because of their commitment to deliver $10 a day childcare. And so now we have to make sure that the money that the government has made available for childcare is spent in a way that actually starts to grow the system and not further entrenches the market-based system. And so our work continues. We have to make sure that new federal money that's available is significant enough to make a difference. The feds benefit when women work because we pay federal income tax. So it's appropriate that the federal government provides a share of funding to the province for childcare. So we have to make sure that federal money is used to grow the 10-a-day system. So we haven't had a final push because our push is nonstop.
0: What are the key differences between the $10 a day plan and the plan the provincial government began to implement in 2018?
1: Quite a few differences. The $10 a day plan does not include giving capital funding to the for-profit sector to grow privately owned assets. The $10 a day plan envisions growing publicly owned assets, and so that's one difference. The 10 a day plan calls for an expansion of $10 a day childcare sites across the province not depending on income-tested subsidies in order to reduce parent fees because that doesn't work. And we're already seeing that that's not working as childcare providers raise their fees. And so any subsidy the government provides is lost. The government is not expanding the number of spaces in the way that we suggest with the bulk purchase of modular buildings. And as I said, we have just provided government with a competitive province-wide wage grid, which is ready for them to start implementing.
0: And in the current phase of the campaign, what form is the pressure on the government taking?
1: This past weekend, we ran full-page newspaper ads in both our province-wide newspapers. We have an ongoing online campaign for British Columbians to send email messages to their elected representatives. We have a campaign that's just about to launch for people to send hard copy letters to the premier. We have a petition online, which is just a few signatures away from reaching 20,000. We have active social media on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We have membership in the Coalition of Child Care Advocates. We have a network of volunteers across the province. Last November for the federal election, for example, we held simultaneous stroller brigades in 22 communities across our province, which generated a lot of media attention. So we are nonstop, full on, always pushing.
0: What do you expect to see in the next year or two, both in terms of the ongoing changes to childcare in BC that the government is implementing, and also in terms of the work of your coalition?
1: That really depends on what government does next. I will say that we have a government, both the NDP and the Greens, working in collaboration in Victoria who recognize the significance of this issue to voters and the significance to our economy. And so we're well-positioned to have some positive developments. Our work always involves making sure that people connect their activist voice for childcare with the political decision-makers. So ensuring people take part in our actions across the province. We will make sure that political decision makers in Victoria know what the demands are that we have on behalf of the childcare sector and behalf of families and educators. We launched the report on the province-wide wage grid. So we'll be working with allies to further that wage grid and for government to move away from the wage supplements that they're offering now. Now there are 53 $10-a-day sites across the province. We're pushing for more of those for the premier to continue to be a champion in his negotiations with Ottawa when it comes to childcare. We'll be pushing for capital funding to create new spaces to do so in the public and not-for-profit sector. So we have our work cut out for us for sure.
0: You have been listening to my interview with Sharon Gregson of the Coalition of Child Care Advocates of BC and its $10 a day child care campaign. For more information, go to 10aday.ca. That's 10aday.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.